I'm Logan. And I'm Ryan. And this is Automatic for the People. It's automatic. It's automatic. It's automatic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. Robot podcast. We haven't officially said that in a very, very long time. And this isn't a rewatch, people. <laughs> We're, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan's here. He's sick. He's podcasting from an iPod or iPad. Sorry. And uh, the most comfortable recliner you've ever planted your big butt into. So, promise you I'm comfortable. <laughs> Um, yeah, it sounds like he's in the bathroom, but, uh, that's not the case. Yeah, we just, we've had our house redone. Uh, yeah. you've been busy for the last, uh, four months or three yeah, months. All the, all the walls have been redone. Um, got all new furniture, wood flooring put down. Um, and none of the sound absorbing things that exist inside your living room. Are actually, except for the furniture, are actually in my living room right now. So it kind of sounds like I'm in a bathroom. But I promise you, I'm not. <laughs> I'm staring at a 55 inch TV screen. And like I said, sitting in the most comfiest recliner you could put your butt into. Well, I didn't just mean the, the uh, house stuff. That's only been the last, what, month or so? Uh, about. Close to three months now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but well, I guess so. But it started off small, like working on the outside of the house, and then like making their way inside. Oh yeah, the inside has been easy. Well, once they figured out there were some foundation issues, once they fixed that, everything on the inside of the house has went quick, quick, quick. Well, that's kind of what you want too, though, right? Like, it's one thing to take two weeks to, like, replace the awnings and, like, all of the stuff on the outside of the house because it it is, like, cosmetic stuff. Yeah, it was the roof, awnings, painting all the way around the outside of the house, replacing the windows, the shutters. um, And, yeah, all of that took, like, two months. But when they start working on, like, the kitchen and the bedrooms and the hallways and, like, well, like, well, we have to kind of walk through these places. So, it kind of needs to happen quick. So, um, but, yeah, it'll be, like, a brand new house before, by, hell, by the time you get to Thanksgiving. So. Uh, by the time you see it, dude, because you haven't seen it. Yeah. By I the time you see it, down. you will not recognize this as the same house you've ever been to. Yeah, as our lives go, things happen to us that, like... Oh, I you, thought about that yesterday. Uh, you've I was had thinking about yin and yang. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, me and you are like the definition of yin and yang. Yeah. Like, as one goes, the yeah. other goes the opposite, no matter what. Yeah, things are like on the... Well, except for the fact that I'm 100% sure you've had pneumonia. Even though I haven't seen you, only talking to you, 
and hearing you cough and talk about how you feel either a you have a giant tumor in your chest or you have pneumonia i think pneumonia is more likely um because i i think other things would uh also point to like tumor like rapid weight loss and stuff like that and i mean i haven't seen you in a while but i'm assuming you didn't drop like 80 pounds no Uh, i'm still pushing a good 290 (laughs) (laughs) um well (laughs) speaking of the yin and yang thing like i'm going the opposite way i'm at 260 i was over 280 at the beginning of this year in the last 60 days i've lost 18 pounds so oh, that's great now yeah I mean, uh, improve my diet exercising every i walk five miles a day sometimes seven miles a day so sometimes two of those miles aren't really me walking it's me playing the drums <laughs> but <laughs> um, well, most of it's about the amount of energy that you exert right not um, necessarily the the steps so right you know, it is burning calories, whether it's, uh, you know, and it's kind of walking. I use my feet when I play the drums, so, and use my hands more than I do when I walk. That's for sure. So kind of big arm movements. So, but, uh, but yeah, I've lost 18 pounds. Um, 260 is the lowest I've weighed since I think right after my, uh, cancer treatment was over so oh, that's good that's fantastic yeah um i'm trying to get it down to i mean little bits at a time next step is 250 so um but i, I my, it's funny i got this uh smart scale well we're gonna talk about mr robot eventually um i got this smart scale did talk to you i got no, one too but no it 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 syncs to my smartphone and uh, like well you know sync to other apps and all this other stuff and so uh i download their app and it asks me for my age and my height and all this other info and it's like you know get on the scale weigh yourself and you know and then it tells you what your ideal weight is and it says, like, my ideal weight is, like, 168 pounds. And I'm like, no. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I get it, but 168 pounds? No. Like, 185, maybe. Like, I'm okay with 185. Honestly, anything under two, I'm okay with, but... 168 pounds? So that's what they want your ideal weight to be at? That's what the app said. And I was like, maybe. Maybe that's what, you know, but that's that's crap. Like, I know me. I can't weigh But that's with muscle, too. I mean, yeah. You know? I'm not. Muscle is heavier than, well, what I'm saying is muscle is weighs more than but it's, fat. It's denser. So... So, yeah, it's not that it, a pound is a pound, but it's denser. So, yes, uh, 168-pound muscular dude versus 168-pound regular dude is, yeah, you're going to know a difference. Um, but still. 
I don't think I could weigh 168 pounds. Like, that's what I weighed when I went into the hospital. I think it was a little bit less than that. I think it's like one. No, I think it's like 160 something pounds. So, I don't even know if it was 160. It might have been like 170 something. Because I want to say I gained like 75 pounds when I when I got out of the hospital. Like just through the course of like not really exercising and the doctor just being like, whatever you do, just take it easy. Eat whatever don't make you sick. I'm like, all right, scream every day. So um, yeah, I think I gained like 75 pounds. So I think I weighed like 180 when I was in the hospital. Now, I know I was sick, but you saw me at 180 something pounds. <laughs> 20 pounds lighter than that? No. <laughs> so, so my goal is under 200. Like, that's my ultimate goal. So, and I'm doing it right so as not to just, like, you know, people do that, like, rapid weight loss stuff. And, you know, you just wind up gaining it back. So... I figure if I lose that amount of weight over the course of a year, year and a half, I'm less likely to, to gain it back. So, or even two years, like whatever it takes. So anyway, so I'm with you on that. I mean, the rapid weight loss is not, I mean, I understand that this keto thing is working out great for everybody, but you still got to maintain that. You can't just start you're, eating. You're not going to You're not going to maintain a keto diet for the rest of your life. You're just not. And it's probably not healthy. No, it can't be because it's you're talking about eating lots of red meat and yeah. It it just can't be healthy. No, some people's bodies are not made for that. <laughs> so um yeah. Anyway, so that's that's our health and wellness update. Um, More to follow in the next 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure because um, like my I might be done with my treatments in November. And so we'll see. Don't know what's going to happen there. Um. Well, November starts the open enrollment again, so I'm actually going to have a shot at getting some real health insurance in November. That'll be good. And I might be moving to Atlanta at the first of the year. Of course, the podcast will be done by then. (laughs) Uh, I say that, but maybe, I don't know. I think our plan at some point was to just end the podcast with Mr. Robot. And I still think that's a fairly solid plan. Although I would like to get to 200 episodes. And we're going to be really, really close. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, I'd really like to do that Wu-Tang thing you suggested. So, Yeah. Um, it looks pretty good. We'll be late, way late to that party, but... Um, eh, whatever. We can just watch I mean, it. I've been, I've been wanting to watch it forever. And I'm like, no, I'm going to put it off until 
me and Logan can watch it together. I wish, uh, I wish Akira was still speaking to us. <laughs> I wish Bargain would not be a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, not get. I'm gonna take my ball and go home because uh, <laughs> that's what I'll do once in a, a disagreement happens. Yeah, because so, there's no one else I'd rather talk to except for you, and and well maybe Dick, uh, Richard, you, Richard, me, and Bargain. I a bunch of white guys talking about Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for what it's worth, it was our connection to things we don't know about. Yeah. So, um. So anyway, it wasn't you know, Biggie or Tupac glamorized, you know, well, ghetto rap. So, and and the thing about it is, is like they had that or they have that, or however you want to put it, but they also have this, like, geek kind of... Well, that's what brought me to Wu-Tang, was their... The fact that they... Before Tony Stark was Iron Man the movie, they, they they were talking about comic books. They were talking about a geek culture. Not pop culture, geek culture right because geek culture became pop culture but like you're talking about like you said before (laughs) that was mainstream even remotely mainstream before it was pop culture it was just geek culture and wu-tang brought that to you in a way that nobody else could bring that to us when we were that age when we were in 10th 11th grade there was Nobody else bringing that to us. And not the other uh, rappers didn't do stuff like that. They all have their names, right? You know, very few of them have, like, used their actual name as their stage name. Like, they all have their stage names. But uh, Wu-Tang's stage names were, like, homages to those things. Like, not just, like, some nickname that they picked up, necessarily. It was, like, kind of this meld of, like, superhero and... Well, they created like, their they own see. alternate, yeah, personality. Yeah. And, and not only did they create them, they used other things to help influence their creations, including comic books and old-style kung fu movies. And right. then to bring those to life, go buy all the old... Wu-Tang Clan member CDs. All the original issues. They're all like some of the most superior artwork you've ever seen grace a CD cover. Ever. Yeah, some of that stuff is pretty fantastic. So, And then then there's the element of like, which I think I got into an argument with one of your friends one time about uh, 36 Chambers. Uh, and I, I said something to the effect of like, it's the rap equivalent of creating uh, a CD in your garage. Like, like they were garage band rappers, like, because it's not polished. It's not shiny. It's like, there's n- none of the beats are. Well, that's what made Outcast so great in the beginning too. Yeah, they were the exact same way. Um, and and it was just 
kind of refreshing. Like, not that that stuff didn't exist, but, like, not to that, to the level that they could do it. Like, I could put on 36 Chambers and listen to it whenever. And here's the best, like you you were just saying, the best part is, is you can close your eyes and imagine them, them recording this in someone else's garage with very good equipment. Yeah. Whereas opposed to where that other stuff you're talking about that does exist. It's all studio. Yeah, it it's it's all has that studio sound. And and I mean we don't know where they recorded it. Odds are pretty good that they did record it in a studio, but it doesn't feel like that. You know? It doesn't I mean, it sounds stupid to compare it to, but like, think of like the the Beach Boys song "Barbara Ann," where it sounds in this is and that's how it came about. It sounds like a bunch of people were just sitting around and started like messing around with stuff, and then just created this. Because when you're listening to it, like there's stuff in there. Uh, it comes out very freestyle. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Like in, in Barbara Ann, like I said, I know it's a weird comparison, but if you listen, at some point, uh, I don't know who it is, but somebody says, play that ashtray, play that ashtray over there. And you start hearing them clanging on the ashtray. Like, th- there's something about that where it's just like, this is authentic. It's not, like, polished and, you know, spit shine to be, like, mass consumed it's just like oh no these these guys are just like they're doing this and they're kind of just like you said freestyling it and you know whatever happens happens like even the skits like some of them are just like what (laughs) like what are y'all talking about (laughs) yeah what are y'all talking about yeah (laughs) where my killer take that (laughs) but but once you become like engulfed in it it just becomes, it, it's almost funny, most of yeah. them. We it's should like, really save my killer tape bag, God. <laughs> my killer save, tape bag. Save all this for the actual Wu-Tang podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so. Yeah, we'll, re, we'll revisit that later. Uh, so we should talk <clears> about <throat> Mr. Robot. We're going to spoil it. So you've had 20 minutes to turn this off. Um. Season four, episode one, uh, 401, not 400, not any of the other stuff we've been accustomed to with Mr. Robot. Appropriately, it's a 401 unauthorized. So, (laughs) you want to hear something funny? What? I go to watch it on the USA app, right? And and I, I, do have, <laughs> I do have a, a VPN on my TV. So I click on it and it says 401 not authorized. I was like, what the crap? So I exited out. As soon as I hit exit, I was like, I bet you that's the name of the episode. <laughs> and I went right back into it. <laughs> Yep, 401 unauthorized. The 401 unauthorized error is an HTTP status code that means the page you are trying to access cannot be loaded. Yep. First log in with a valid user ID and password. <laughs> that was my uh, first thought because 
that's exactly what my, if I have my VPN set to like overseas somewhere. Yeah. Any American app immediate gives immediately gives me a 401 not authorized. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was I. La- I laughed at myself. I, was like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um. So yeah, I can't stress this enough. Spoilers, 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 because something insane. And absolutely game changing happens in the first three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the point of like, so you start it and it it's doing the previously on, right? And yeah, it, and then it just keeps going and I'm like, okay, well, I, in the episode you don't, don't even what, realize it. What? I don't rem- I don't remember any of this. What? Like, it starts from where we ended last season with the Angela conversation with Philip Price. And he's like, I'm your father. And that, and it just flows right into that without ever cutting. And we're just back in the scene. Which means they filmed this over two years ago. Yeah, that's nuts, right? And nobody has said anything. I would bet you money that the only people that knew what was going to happen were Portia Doubleday, uh, the dude that plays Price. I forget yeah, his name. Price. Sam Esmail, the two, dudes, the two that, dudes that shot her. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was running the damn camera. And, like, they just filmed that scene and like, okay. Like, and uh, hell, he might have told Portia Doubleday, like, th- it's a dream sequence. You know, like, she's going to yeah, wake up. Like, tell, something I was like say, that. I can't even guarantee you that Price or Doubleday or the other two dudes even knew that that was guaranteed. For all they knew, they shot the scene as an alternate ending. In case they didn't get picked up or whatever. Or, yeah, something like that. And then they get back and he's just like, that stays in. Um, And uh, we've had a lot of heartbreaking moments, shocking, heartbreaking moments on this show. That was so shocking and so heartbreaking. I've watched it twice now and it still hasn't really hit me that... We're not going, and, and we don't know this for a fact. That's probably why, but we're not going to see Angela again. It was pretty shocking when I saw it. I was like, oh my God, are you so, serious? So there's some, there's some stuff there that I want to like dive into. So where it, it it leads in, you know, she's like, I want retribution. And, uh, price says, you know, you need to accept that you've been conned. And she's kind of taken aback by that. But then she goes, she's like, no, I've seen it. I know how to take it from her. And so 
We don't know what she's seen. So was this Price trying to tell her, like, you need to just go with the fact that you've been conned? Or is she right? Is there really something there? No, I think she's right. I think what she said is true. That, um, But here's the thing. Not to jump further to Darlene in the episode. I think Darlene knows exactly what she knew. So you, you, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, um, yeah, the thing, the thing that kills me is that like Price is wearing a wire. He's trying to get her to say that she's like relenting and backing <laughs> right. the right her. thing so that they won't kill her. That's all right. he's trying to get her to say. Yeah. And when she says the wrong things, you know, he's, he's like begging her. Like, please, just if you, if you beg, maybe this won't have to happen. And we get her kind of accepting her fate when she sees what she sees in the distance, the two Dark Army guys coming. Of course, we don't see them until a few seconds when, later. You know, she talks about the woman promising her she'll get to see her mom again or whatever. Is that what? That's the promise. Yeah, you'll you get, get to see your mom, mom again because you're gonna die. Right. Um. <sighs> man, do you think we'll see Angela again in a current state, not in a no, flashback? No, nope. You think she's dead? Like that's it. Yep. All right. Unless. Honestly, I, I I love all the time travel crap and all the, it's all fun. But do I think he's going down that road? No, I don't. It's going to be a practical type. Everything's going to be practical, not yeah. some weird. All of that stuff is just red herring crap. That's fun for us to speculate about. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to lean towards that way, even though I really, really want it to just go full-blown sci-fi. But, I mean, I don't... Well, the thing that convinced me... To say I had to jump so far ahead, but at the end when Elliot's looking at him and his family watching him die... And they're all talking about this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, I knew I knew it was all a con. All of that was a con from Esmail. Every bit of it. Well, we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. Um, going back to Angela, the last thing I want to say, like, I'm still in shock. Like I said, I, it still hasn't hit me. It's not going to hit me until we're two or three episodes into this. And I'm like... There's no Angela story. Like, there's there's nothing. Um, but that she throws Price's panic speech back into his face. She's like, you're panicking right now. You, know, I forget the exact wording. 
but it's the same speech that he gave her. Yeah, it was pretty great. And like, and she just sits there. She's like, I'm not going to run. And she just sits down and accepts her fate. Um, that's the first time this happens in this episode. It's not the last time it happens in this episode. Because yeah, it happens again 10 minutes later. <laughs> um, but uh, we do see White Rose have a conversation with Price that's very blunt and like, you know, you gave her a chance, yada, yada, yada. Um, hey, that brought up my favorite moment of the whole show. And it doesn't even have anything to do with the show. I texted you and Spencer about B.D. Wong is a god amongst us. Even with his Gotham role. And Spencer said he was in Gotham. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was probably my favorite part about the episode. Like, God, yes, he was in Gotham. And he might have been one of the five good things about the whole show. (laughs) And he wasn't even that good in it. So he was kind of hamming it up, but who wasn't on that? I thought that was the point. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. Um, Gotham was like doing a, uh, an entire, what, five year run of, um, what was the, um, Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze Batman movie? What? The Batman movie with Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze. Oh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, ba- yeah. Gotham was like a five-year run of Batman yeah. and Robin. <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate. It's like everybody ham it up as much as you can. <laughs> um. So when Price and uh, uh, White Rose in their conversation, uh. White Rose's assistant is talking to her about Elliot and he says, uh, she says, let's send our dear friend Elliot a reminder. Um, but so at the time and even on the second rewatch, I didn't understand. I think maybe I do now, but I'm not sure. I was like, what was the reminder? I don't get, I, I, I didn't get it ever. I'm assuming it was the picture of Angela. Oh, like a brain blown out everywhere? Yeah, because later he says, uh, uh, Mr. Robot says we should show Darlene that picture of Angela. And the one, he's like, the one that White Rose sent us? No, thank you. I'm like, oh, maybe that's the reminder? Because otherwise I'm just like, well, what was the reminder? Like, that's a big buildup for, for like, huh? <laughs> um, but uh, we've, re- we've said it repeatedly. One of the things we love about this show is that it does not hold your hand and does not spell things out. You kind of just have to like, oh, okay. Yeah. So the reminder was the picture and, and I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. Um, if anybody has any other theories or thinks that we just haven't seen it yet at Mr. Robot podcast on Twitter, um, it would be interesting if we haven't, I just feel like that's, it's a good bow on that scene to then come back later to be like, Oh, that's how they know Angela's dead. Even though there's no body because they have a picture of her 
brains blown out on the grass. So there you go. Um, so Jake Busey is in uh, this episode. I was like, oh, sweet. Jake Busey's going to be in this season of Mr. Robot. <laughs> nope. He's going to be in this episode of Mr. Robot. Um, <clears throat> I, I like Jake Busey as an actor. <laughs> Personally, I'm always might be really, really crappy. Don't know. Um, so Jake Busey's year has consisted of him being an a-hole in Stranger Things an a-hole in the one episode of Swamp Thing he was in, and now an a-hole in Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen Stranger Things. So, um, so uh, his fate is very similar in all of those shows. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe him and uh, um, Sean, uh, what's his name? I want to say Sean Connery. Uh, Sean Aston. Maybe oh, okay. him and Sean Aston should get together and start a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's also in Agents of Shield. Uh, not yeah, this not... Last season, but the season before that. Yeah, yeah, the season before. Yeah. Um. Well, he, if I'm not mistaken, he came out in a hole in that too, didn't he? Uh, I really don't remember. I think so. Then he wind up having to like stab him in the back or something. Yeah, I think so. It's it's been a while, so um, it just sucks because I really like him. He always just seems to wind up playing that guy. Hey, you know what? There's a lot of good dudes that made a really good careers out of that. So yeah, that's true. Um, my, my, uh, like, oh, I like this guy goes back to Starship Troopers, though. One of my favorite quote unquote bad movies. So, um, my favorite, I Star- like this guy, not Jake Busey. I mean, you, you know, relate that to Jake Busey, but my favorite, I like this guy actor in any movie is the guy from Die Hard that eats the candy bar out of the damn case. <laughs> yeah. 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 He also like tortures uh, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my favorite. I like that guy. <laughs> He's like a Russian ballet dancer or something. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, Jake Busey, uh, we get to see the return of uh, Vigilante Hacker Elliot. Which I was really excited for. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's doing that. But he's also doing it to institute or get more dirt on uh, the Dark Army. Like, it's not just about outing this dude as a pedophile. So. Um, if it wouldn't have been for that stupid badge he wore to the dang. I didn't know that there. I didn't know that there were Bluetooth badges. Like that was a new one on me. Um, um, we get confirmation that it's 2015 because when he's in the office, Jake Busey. Yeah, I heard that. I see yeah. you in 2016. Like, oh, so we're definitely still in 2015. There was a little bit of a time jump. 
because we see a newscast at some point during all of that that tells us that the five nine hack was reversed, um, and that the yeah now it's, now it's turned into one of the the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah, you know, like everything bounced back to Big where time. it needed to be, and yeah, it was. So, um, I got a little confused at some point, um, the first time I was watching it because, so we see Mr. Robot kind of following, uh, Jake Busey. I don't remember his character's name. I should, cause he says it a bunch. Um, but, uh, we see him kind of following him and especially when he get, gets to, uh, the station there, um, which I've been in, like I've, I've literally stood in some of the places that they were standing in while they were filming. Uh, that's pretty cool. When I went to New York, I was like, I, I was texting Spencer while we were both watching it. Um, and, uh, he, he, he said something at some point, he was like, you've been to that city when they show a shot of New York. I was like, what's crazy is I've been, like I've stood in uh, some of those places when they're in the station, like those exact places I stood there. Like I walked that path. Like I remember that. I'm like, it's just, I know a hundred million people have done it, but I did it <laughs> like a few months ago and they were there filming a few months ago. So like, I just, that that made me all kind of giddy. Um, but anyway, I got confused because we see Mr. Robot following him around the station kind of and like looking overhead. And at some point he's like, uh, you should just can you just you should just think that I'm everywhere or something like that. He's like, what I mean is I own the station. Um, but then later, well, well, you see uh, the view from the camera and you see somebody at a keyboard and I'm like, does he have an accomplice? And then later when he gets on the, the train or the tram or whatever, um, um, Elliot is there. He's like, I've been waiting for you this whole time. I was like, wait, so what? The second time I watched it, I understood that Mr. Robot is not in any of those scenes. Like we see him, but he's not really there. Like that's Elliot watching him through the camera. Okay, well, that helps me, you know, understand that whole situation. Because I was kind of like, what? But I, I just figured it was a play on Elliot saying, I am everywhere kind of yeah. thing. Like you said, like with the video cameras. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't till the second watch that I really, really understood Oh, okay. So I know Mr. Robot's never really there, but Elliot as Mr. Robot also isn't there. He's been on the train the entire time or in the, the subway uh, the entire time. So like none of that, none of what we were seeing was actually ac of what we were seeing of Mr. Robot was accurate. 
but it also lends itself to like now we are definitely part of not we've been implicit before but we're definitely part of Elliot's uh I don't want to call it psychosis his his psyche um uh, also one of the things that helped with that is when Mr. Robot started talking to yes. us with, so, without Elliot having to be the in the go between yeah and uh, him starting to tell you, he won't tell you, but I will tell you. So let me tell you. Yeah. So that helped with that too. So like we're fully, I mean, we should have been from the beginning because it starts with hello friend, you know, um, almost ends with goodbye friend. Um, I mean, what a mic drop it would have been to kill three the three main characters are three of the four main characters on the show. Your first episode back for your final season and making Darlene the main protagonist, yeah, the, the center of the yes. last. Yeah. I mean, what, last, a, what, effing, nine or 10 episodes. Yeah. what an effing mic drop that would have been. <laughs> Um, I knew it wasn't going to happen because we've seen footage of Elliot doing so things. So what did I miss? Because apparently I missed them. Because the last thing I saw was Elliot dying on the floor with the phone going beam, 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 beam. You, you didn't wait through the credit. You got to wait after the Sam Esmail credit. There's a long pause. I, I figured there was. And I went back and I was like, no, that it went to a commercial and... I was like, oh, that was probably it, and I just turned it off. Uh, well, you should definitely boot that back up and watch it. Um, get that set up, and you can watch it while we're on the podcast. So, I'm uh, going to do that right now. Uh, so, Cypress National Bank is uh, the, the key thing for this season, or at least this beginning part of this season. Um and as you learn through the episode, that's kind of where all of the money is being funneled. So uh, hold on to that little nugget. Um, we do see Tyrell. Uh, good old dead-eyed Tyrell. Looks like he has no soul anymore. Understandably so. Everything's been really? taken Really? To me, he just looked lost. Well, well, yeah, I guess Maybe. But, I mean, everything's been taken from him, and he's been propped up as this, like, nothing CEO of a, like, his position does. Everything he wanted, he's gotten. It cost him everything he had, and now he finds out that the position doesn't even matter. Like, it's not the power position that he thought it was. So, um... Yeah, how unfortunate for him. Um, Dom <clears throat> looks uh, oh, pretty yeah, We really rough. need to go on this. We, we need to have a conversation about Dom long enough for me to get where I want to be on this. Um, well, there's she, two Dom scenes. So the first one is just her like looking rough in her PJs, pulling a gun on the dude that's there to fix the bathroom. I'm just dead inside. Right, I mean, she's just she's eating up, man. Like, I, yeah, she, it's like she's like a, a person strong... that has nowhere else to turn to. 
Yeah, like, she looks I, like I she's drunk out. I mean, she she just looks gone. Um, I'm surprised she didn't shoot that dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's living with her mom. Uh, obviously, I think her idea is that she lives with her mom to protect her because that was one of the threats made against her last season when she was pulled into this, uh, this thing, um, to replace Santiago, uh, who got an ax to his chest as we saw in the previously on. Um, but I think it's also going to wind up. She's, she's endangering her mom while she's trying to protect her mom. So, yeah, well, we got that at the end scene with Dom. Yeah. She's like, I'm sorry. I think my mom's trying to set us up. And old girl reveals. That, we'll like, talk about that. I don't want to get too far ahead. Okay, um, okay. Uh, from there, it goes back to Elliot and Mr. Robot. And I don't know if you noticed, but we're back in the it's like a throwback to where elliot mr robot are doing two different things like it's not one looking over the shoulder of the other like elliot's like looking at the cards that he's placed on the wall while mr robot is on the computer yep yeah obviously they can't both be doing those things but it's a very old school like it's season one Mr. Robot, you know, where you're like, oh, are they, so are they the same person? Are they not the same person? What's going on? Even though we know the answer, it's very throwback to season one. And I've really with that. You're right. It's a throwback to season one, but when you think about it, it's a throwback to like an old time storytelling thing where you show the way that time passes by by showing the exact same person doing two or three different things in frames on your TV. Yep. Where they're, you know, they're kind of all over the place at the same time. Yeah, well, you might see them playing bouncy ball off the wall where at the same time you might see them flipping through phone numbers in his phone book. And at the same time you might see them doing something totally different. Yeah, you're right. I, um, it, I it's really a very like, old school, like detective style way of storytelling. Oh, did you see where they were? <clears throat> did you happen to notice? I didn't pay attention enough. Yeah, I didn't catch it till the second time. They're in the all safe building. Oh. Uh, the wall behind Mr. Robot says all safe, but some of the letters are missing. I was like, uh, okay. So they couldn't go back to the fun house. Obviously they burned that. They couldn't go to the house that Darlene killed the lady at. That's been burned. Um, so where do you go? Well, nobody's moving into that all safe building anytime soon. So. You set up shop in the old all safe building. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, Elliot gets a phone call from a character that 
I didn't recognize. Did you happen to catch the name? Uh, no. So, it was, hold on, I wrote it down. Dolores Hayes was the character's name. Do we know a character named Dolores? I mean, not off the top of my head. I'm I'm assuming we do. No. Not that I'm aware of. Like, if you go through the character list on uh, the, like, fan page or even IMDb or whatever, there's no character named Dolores. Unless it's, like, a one-episode character, which, I mean, that's not something that... <clears throat> It's definitely something Sam Esmail would do, but like I went through the people that have been on multiple episodes, no character named Dolores. I was like, that doesn't ring a bell. We just rewatched the episodes. So like who who the hell is that? So who the hell do you think that is? <laughs> or do you think it's possible that that's a fake name? For Darlene. That was my other thought. Dolores Hayes sounds like a fake name for Darlene as well. <laughs> or maybe. I don't think Darlene. Because she's obviously dealing with some things right now. <laughs> yeah, but like if you wanted. Just in case. You. Somebody got a hold of your phone. Like, he knows he's being tracked. So, um, what if uh, he saved Darlene's number in his phone as Dolores Hayes? And that was Darlene calling him. Because one of the next things we get is that conversation with him and Darlene. Yes, no, maybe so. Um, I have to go back and watch that again. I, I, I've gone back and forth several times. I mean, it's a strong possibility, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to hear what everybody else thinks. Uh, tweet us at Mr. Robot Podcast. Um, also, go reply to Sam Esmail's tweet from yesterday that says, Everyone okay? Question mark. I just replied, Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Um, uh, all right, give me 30 <laughs> seconds. Okay. I mean, we're not even remotely to the end of our discussion. Uh, um, I guess I can keep talking about my... Just going through my notes. So the Dolores Hayes phone call... 
I'm hoping we'll find out who that is. This is where Elliot brings up the bank robbery. Like, robbing the bank is going to change all of this. Well, (laughs) what if all of this, and it just turns out to be a show that ultimately ends up in, like, a bank robbery? But it's also a throwback to season one because that's kind of what we were doing in season one, right? With setting up this heist. Oh, I just think that would be really interesting to. Uh, that <laughs> is very, very, very interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, yeah, because. Um, We've seen a lot of good bank robbery movies, and the best ones are ones that trick you into thinking that they aren't about what, robbing a bank. Or, or that they're about robbing a bank, and then they wind up being actually about something else. You know, like, I mean, Die Hard is one of the greatest action movies of all time. Yep. And up until the end of that movie, uh, yeah, you the last... do not fully understand it. This is yep. not a terrorist thing. They are robbing this place. Yep. Oh. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, and that's when we go to Darlene. We Somehow we get from Allsafe back to the apartment. Darlene comes in high as a kite, talking about how she saw Angela and... They never found her body and yada, yada, yada. I think that. I think that that's there for not only just because that's the natural. Like, of course, Darlene reacted that way. Like she's done all of these things and all of these people she tangentially cared about kind of had to pay a price. But this is somebody she legitimately cared for, even though she did use her. But this this person she actually legitimately cared for paid paid a paid the ultimate price as well. And so she can't cope with that. So I think it's a natural like reaction. It's not anything off base for Darlene or for anybody, really. But it also Allows them to, or Sam Esmail to leave that door open of like, oh wait, is Darlene, or is uh, Angela dead? Because Darlene keeps saying she saw her. So is she dead? Well, and, all my eggs go into the basket of um, bloodlines she, and... <laughs> You're talking about her brother who sees her their dead father. Yeah. And I lost you. Hello. Isn't going through the same thing. Yeah, I lost you for a minute, but I got the gist of it. Um. Yeah, I, I I think that's pretty on point. You know, Darlene, certainly there's some of that there. So, you know, she's definitely got her troubles. And, you know, that could result, something like this could result in 
that kind of this kind of trauma could create that situation. Um, yeah, I heard my thing click off whenever I lost you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was my whole. Uh, darling is dealing with having to accept something that probably is somewhat her fault, but it's still ultimately <laughs> no, it's is like, not it's her not fault. fault. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot's right. You know, he's like, we tried to help her. And, you know, she made her choices. Yeah, at some point they were using her, but they did try to help her. So, and that's when Mr. Robot talks to us for the first time in the history of this show. Yeah. And says a whole bunch of stuff that basically like it's one thing when Elliot does it but the fact that Mr. Robot did it it's so off putting and not in a like oh I don't want to watch this show anymore kind of way just in a like what the hell is going on like because well, it, you can it always comes off as a, a much more uh, serious type situation like, yes like Okay, this has gotten beyond, you know, what what you think is going on. So, I need to explain to you what is going on. Well, and at some point, like, you could just tell yourself that, like, well, Elliot is disturbed. And that's... Or, or like, when you get the Mr. Robot reveal in season one, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe he was kind of just talking to Mr. Robot the whole time. Um, or talking to himself or a version of himself or whatever. But then when Mr. Robot talks to you, it's like, he's definitely talking to you. The quote audience or whatever, like you're this separate entity that lives in Elliot. You know, because he says all of those, you know, like, um, you know, you might be the only friend he has left and that you are his friend or like whatever that speech is. It's like, what the hell is going on, man? Like, it's so eerie. Um, yeah, it, it, oh, God, it, it's so freaking good. Did you catch the Emmy Rossum cameo? No, I didn't. Yeah, the carol singers. When that speech is going on, when yeah. he's talking about the, you know, the Christmas season. Uh, yeah, she's one. She's the, the the center, front and center carol singer. Um, she was she was live tweeting her support for the show. And she she said something about, like, keep watching. You'll see a little surprise. And then before the end, she says, and maybe a couple of surprises. And I was like, I wonder what that's going to be. And then we got to the end. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to talk about this. Um, so, yeah, he says that's still what you are, right? His friend or our friend or whatever. And then he does the camera look like he looks in the camera. Like Elliot's done that. I don't think we've ever seen Mr. Robot do that. So very, very eerie. No. 
uh, this was definitely up there with um, one of my favorite episodes of the series. So yeah, they go to that that fake apartment, right? That uh, for this dude who, well, spoilers, but well, whatever. Anyway, Jake Busey gave him a name. They investigate the name. They go to this apartment. Turns out it's a honeypot. Like the whole thing is fake. Like everything there. And from the minute they get there, the people, the dude at the front desk knows like this is a setup. Like it's. Yeah. What is it? Fruity Pebbles or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, they grab Elliot. And drag him down the hall, him screaming the whole time. Um, and that's after that is when we go back to Dom at the dinner party that, well, the three person dinner party with her mom and this Janice lady. And so I knew that this was a new character on the show. Cause I had seen some of the materials you hadn't seen anything. So what did you think immediately? Uh, I was just, I was still in the midst of what the crap is going on with Dom. Yeah. Um, I was coming to terms with the fact that I thought that maybe she was just didn't know where to turn. So she went back to live with her mom, trying to figure out what her next move was. Uh, I assumed that she was just being paranoid with her gun and the guy in the bathroom yeah uh the stuff with the girl um i was just kind of riding along with it i mean yeah when she does the turn in the at the the end there when she's like yeah sleep is a good idea because you've got that that big thing for the santiago case tomorrow it's like what like man i knew she was going to be a new character didn't know which side of the fence that she was on. But once she was there at the dinner party, I kind of had my suspicions that she was not one of the good guys. Like yeah, it really didn't cross my so- mind until it all started to happen. Yeah. And then I started reverting back to, okay, was that guy really, she might've called for bathroom repair or remodel. But was he really the guy that was supposed to remodel the bathroom? Right. Because um, she obviously she starts looking up and down the street and she sees all these vans and stuff. And and then I was like, OK, so they're still watching Dom. She's now at least Dom knows she's not safe. Like, yeah, because I think that's what she thought she was going to do is just retreat to her mom's and stay out of it and be safe and now she knows she's not and we're about to see some dom stuff that last season there won't be it's not even a comparison yeah well we've got uh, the characters that are left we've got um We've got them to the point where they've get, almost got nothing left to lose. Like Dom still yeah. does, but like up until that point, she only had the threat 
that something might happen, and she was paranoid about it. Now well, she now knows, she knows that they can get to her mom no matter what. Yeah. So unless she can stop them, it doesn't that matter. threat's always there. Yeah. Yeah. That ma- it doesn't matter what happens eventually. Somebody better and more useful will come along, and Dom will cease to matter, and they will take care of all of that. She's not stupid. She knows all of this. So she's very fast approaching the the point of no return where she just has nothing left to lose because they will come in and take everything. Um, uh, Darlene, who we see at her own little party, um, coked out of her mind, <sighs> has a meltdown about Angela and has also got pictures posted all over the place and Looks like she's pretty deep in her own uh, psychosis <laughs> um, of trying to figure things out. She's, uh, I mean, I don't know. She, she's lost it. And it's going to be uh, interesting to see if she can come back from all of that. I did like the flat earth conversation that was going on at the very beginning of the party when we... We cut to I, it. I was I had the subtitles on, but I wasn't really paying attention. The the two dudes behind her were having a conversation, and one guy's like, "Yeah, it just makes no sense. There's no way the Earth is a sphere. It's definitely flat." And I was just like, "Of course, Sam Asmel is trolling flat earthers. Like, it's brilliant, man. Um, it's only briefly, but it's still brilliant." <laughs> um. And then we end the episode with Elliot in the chair getting injected with, um, I'm going to assume heroin, uh, or I don't know. I, I don't do drugs, so I don't know what it is. Um, and essentially dying, you, I mean, to the point, like, you think he's dead and it cuts to the Sam Esmail credit. I mean, he's and, on, he's on in OD mode when, yeah. whenever we, yeah. And then immediately after the Sam Esmail credit, I guess you were streaming it, it goes to uh commercial. But then when it comes back, uh, they wake him up. Like, they come back in the room, wake him up, and it's Philip Price. And he's like, welcome back, Mr. Alderson, which is great because, I mean, he's well, not a, only does he wake him up, he wakes him up with the same dudes that put him down, which tells you that he's playing what Mark, we Mark knew Rose. he was against White Rose right. ultimately, but. He has some people, some players for White Rose under his wing, too. Yep. They did what White Rose told them to do, but then came revived Elliot so that now White Rose thinks that Elliot's dead. Yep. Oh. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I was really, really happily surprised that it was uh price and not white rose yeah that was pretty cool 
we're about to see uh, the the Jedi working with the Sith, or the Jedi working with uh, former Sith to take down the Emperor. You know, like I, I'm so stoked for that. Um, but uh, the biggest thing in all of all both of those scenes is the person that injects Elliot is Sam Esmail. I thought that was him. Oh. So when I saw him, I was like, damn, that looks like Sam Esmail. It definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> he says goodbye, friend. Um That's when I thought it was him. When he says goodbye, friend, I was like, damn, that looks like Sam Esmail. It was freaking perfect. Like, it's such a meta-textual moment to have the creator of the show killing the main character, the protagonist, and then reviving him. Like, that is epic. It's so freaking good. Excuse me. So, I'm curious if he's going to stay in the show or if, like, it's just kind of a one off character. I mean, he kind of made himself essential. So, as one I'd of like to see him guys, be that, you know, that background, very quiet guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he has an intimidating look to him. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled to see where it goes. So yeah, you just watched that after credit scene, right? Uh yeah, uh, fifteen minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Killing off three of your main leads in the the first episode back, like we said before, would be. Oh, I thought bringing Price into the one bringing him back. I was like. Okay. Yeah. Now we got a game to play. Yeah. Now we got a chess match. I mean, I love that more because hey, I don't like seeing Angela die was enough. Like I can't handle anymore. Um, but I do think like what a like look how much confidence I have in what we're about to do. I just killed off because if you kill off Ed, Elliot, you kill off Mister Robot. The guy that's the title of the show, and you yeah, killed so that's the three Angela. main characters gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and all so, the rest of the uh, F society, they're all already they're, they're gone too. Yeah. Um, the only one you'd have left is Darlene. Darlene, that's it. Um, but that's not the case. But it it, it would have been. Such a baller move. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have been like, I would have hated it, but I, I also would have loved it. You know, it would have been, it's the equivalent of, it, it actually still is the equivalent of in the 90s when they did the clone Spider-Man saga for Marvel. So back in the late 70s, no, 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 no. 
sometime in the 70s, there was this uh, story arc where this character, the Jackal, got some of Spider-Man's DNA, cloned him, and then... um, But what happened was the lab actually wound up burning down and all the clones were destroyed. Fast forward 25 years. No, 20-something. Let's say 20 years. And then these clones show back up. Now, it hasn't been 20 years in the comics. It's only been like a few years. But So you fast forward. These clones start showing back up. And there's like a couple of them. Well, one of them looks exactly like Peter. The other ones are kind of deformed because of the cloning process. Clones of a clone of a clone of a clone. No, it's just they were kind of like there were errors in the batch or whatever. So they're mutated or deformed or whatever. But one uh, is this guy named Ben Riley who also has spider powers and shows back up, becomes the Scarlet Spider, helps Spider-Man tackle all these new clones, revisit the whole clone saga from the 70s, yada, 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 only to discover that Ben Riley is not the clone. The Peter Parker that we've known for the last 20 years is actually is the clone. Yeah. That's what I was saying about Gemini Man. Yeah. And people lost their effing minds. And I get it. You're just like, so the last 20 years didn't matter. But at the time, the the editorial staff was seeing it as, as a way to like get a Peter Parker in there who's not married, who uh, whose wife didn't lose a child. Uh, so like, the Peter Parker you knew could kind of just go off into retirement and you would have this like unencumbered character that you could do all these new stories with. Like I understood that, but just the fact of like, haha, like the guy you've loved quote unquote love for the last 20 years, not the real Spider-Man. He's actually the clone. I was just like, that's brilliant, man. (laughs) Like, I freaking love it. Uh, People hated it. So I think if the episode ends and Elliot dies, people lose their minds. (laughs) Like a lot of people lost it after like halfway through the first season or the second season. I mean, I I feel like he would have lost a lot of people, but, and again, I would have hated it from the standpoint of like, there's no Elliot, no Mr. Robot, but a big part of me would have been standing over here just slow clapping like, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> oh, I would have felt the same way. Um, that's kind of what I, when I take to you the, what, a couple, about a month ago. Yeah, talking about Gemini, man. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, now I understand you can see the age difference, but we're talking about alternate realities here. Um, there, there's obviously a way they can keep them from aging so fast. So what if the guy going after the other guy is the clone, like the one that looks older and more mature, he's the clone and they have woken up the original that they've kept in stasis to make clones out of 
to go and track this other clone down because he's causing so many problems. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think that's great. To me, unless that spin happens, that movie's garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Otherwise, mm. you're getting exactly what they put in front of you on the, the trailer. And what's the point? I've already seen the trailer. Why would I want to go see the movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm with you. Um, so that's uh, that's our premiere, man. That's uh, uh it's it's top notch, grade A episode. Uh, top five of all series, the whole series. Yeah, I I think we're gonna do um, we're gonna try to do a couple of bonus episodes. Um. Probably about seven. Uh, we'll well six maybe. We'll definitely do a season our series wrap up um, and get as many people on as possible. Uh, hell, we might do a couple of series wrap ups. Um, but we were talking about doing like a like after what three or four episodes, like pulling somebody in and kind of talking about them as a whole. You know, kind of these quarter way through the season things um or do it like every three episodes maybe um well we should do a definitely a top episode from every season kind of thing uh that might be that might be good for like going into the finale um because we're oh, not what the best episode I mean, of the after season. the season's over with, dude. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be down for that. Or or like we'll do uh we'll do a list. We'll come up with like top three episodes, top three moments in the show, um, stuff I like mean, that. We can throw some votes, uh some polls out there on Twitter. Let yeah. people vote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So um yeah it's gonna be fun we've got uh 13 weeks ahead of us talking about this show so um that's uh see 13 weeks is well 12 more weeks one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven 12. Guess when this show's going to end? Christmas. Nope. Because it's not airing on a Wednesday. December 29th. Two days before the end of the year. Yep. Well, that'll be fun. Yep. We're going to end 2019 with the end of Mr. Robot. Ain't that something? Um, at Mr. Robot Podcast. I think he planned it that way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, at Mr. Robot Podcast on Twitter, Mr. Robot Podcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, go write and review us on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Twitter. 
you can support the show. We have a Patreon. Um, there's some old episodes up. I got to get back into the habit of putting some more up. Eventually, I'd like to have all our episodes up on the Patreon because I imagine if we do decide to kind of stop the podcast with Mr. Robot, um, eventually Apple will probably just take them all down because there's no new episodes or only leave up like 10 episodes, the last 10 or something like that. So I plan to put them all up on Patreon and like you could subscribe for a dollar and get access to all the episodes. So, um, and then unsubscribe, I guess, if you wanted to, um, anyway, go do all that stuff. Everything else we do is over at xwingfiles.com. Um, we have uh, the Star Wars podcast, the X-Wing Files we do. Boring conversation anyway. Um, and uh, possibly some more new shows coming soon. So, we'll see. And uh, follow Ryan on Twitter at Polk79. He's probably Braves yeah, right now. Um, I haven't tweeted much in the last six months. I've been involved in this. Um, well, not involved in, but wrapped up in the home remodel. So, yeah. Yeah. let's just say by our birthday next year, it, my house will seem brand new. And uh, hopefully there will be a lot of great, upcoming things i'll have my own room to podcast in um i won't be bothered by anybody so there there could be a lot of changes coming in the next six months yeah yeah well go do all that stuff we'll be back next week with uh episode two we're in the home stretch man Well, you say that, but 13 episodes. I mean, the Braves are in the home stretch. They've got one game left. If they don't win, we're done. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, well, it's 12 episodes left of the show. But, I mean, <laughs> those 12 episodes will fly by, man. Well, I hope they're all... I hope they're all as good and just better than this one. Because if they, if this is a, a beginning, I can't imagine where we're going to wind up at. So. Yeah, it's exciting and also sad because everything we love is ending. So, well, this is one of the most amazing episodes of TV I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty fantastic. I haven't felt this way since the first episode we watched. I wouldn't go that far. I think it's it's high on the list, but I don't know if I'd put it up there with the best of the best for me. When they shot Angela, dude, I was just like... It was... So, so before we go, <laughs> the two, two questions that I have... Um, Well, really just a one big one. So, uh, what's his name? The drug dealer. Shows back up at the end of season three. 
Yep. What happened there? Where the hell is he? Yeah, that's a good question. Never even popped into my head. You think Elliot's got him working for him on the side? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. But I mean, nah, yeah, I definitely don't think so. Sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, this is the person that killed. Doesn't matter. That's already been done. Yeah. What matters now is how Elliot gets out of where he's where he's put himself now. For, and like for, I said, sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that. I just don't know. I thought the same thing about... Uh, you thought about the drug dealer. I thought about... Uh, what's his name from the jail? Where is he at? Joey Badass? Yeah, Joey Badass. Yeah. He's supposed to be in, according to Sam Asmail, everybody that's still alive comes back this season. Like, they're not, Joey Badass will be in this. The drug dealer dude will be in this. Fernando Vera. Um, uh, Irving. He's still alive. Bobby Cannavale. Oh, I know he'll be back some way or another. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see, man. I'm excited. I can't wait. Six more days till, well, a little bit less than six days for us until the next episode. Um, so, yeah, come back. We'll see you guys then. Bye, everybody. Here's a little ghost for the offering Yeah, 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 yeah Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's Yeah, 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 yeah Mr. Andy Coffin's gone wrestling Yeah, yeah